Good morning and happy November. You are listening to Sips of Sanity. And uh, what are we discussing today, Karen? Hmm. Or rather this month. Okay. Um, the series that uh, we're going to do this month has to do with what happens in sessions for people covering the different senses. Okay. So I just jotted down one night, I see you. I hear you. I feel you. I know you. Um, just in the sense that many people don't feel valued. Okay. They don't feel a part of a family or a part of anything anymore. Right. A belongingness. Yeah. And, um, I also think that they, well, I see in sessions that they don't feel that even if they are living in a house full of people or, or with a partner, that they're being heard. Mm-hmm. Or that they really are being seen. They really are being, and by seen, I, I also mean valued. Yeah. And, you know, you, you could have a couple that have been married for 60 years and, or 30 years or whatever, and they still don't feel that the partner really sees them. Mm-hmm. Or, as you're going to hear in some of these ones, where they're really being heard because they have to repeat themselves. Yep. I think a lot of people in relationships can appreciate that one. Yeah. And, you know, we always interface relationships in all different kinds of ways. So hopefully the, this this little series will allow people to know that when they do come or call for sessions, that they really are being seen, heard, valued, understood, and so on. Mm-hmm. And I thought what we could do is just go back and forth and give little examples of it. Sure. That, do you want to pick, are we picking one per day? Yes. If, okay. Yeah, I wanted to do that so that people could enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And and the purpose too is that while you and I are doing it and, and we're saying, you know, we have these gifts so we can do it in different ways than others. Yes, that's correct. But there are tools that regular human beings can use on a daily basis for the people in their life to say the same thing. Yes. I like completing your sentence. It makes me feel like I am really am your soulmate. <laughs> Might be counterproductive to saying I see you and I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But we'll work out the differences. A therapist listening to this will totally <laughs> laugh at that yeah. one. <laughs> well, this is counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they can also see that we're aware of it and there's a sense of humor with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, now, can I ask a question? Yeah. Because you said about a session, what people get out of a session. Yeah. Can I open it to you and I sharing examples of our lives? Yes. Because I think um, it's, it's all well and good that, you know, c- clients come here, they, they help us make a living and we get to share our gifts with everyone and that's beautiful. But there's a personal aspect too mm-hmm. to the two of us that mm-hmm. I think you know, people have expressed interest in, and that's really fun. And I find it fascinating that people are even interested in us. Um, But I want to share those things too, because sometimes they are the more accessible examples. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like to leave that open as an option too. Okay. Okay. So I see you. Yes. Let's start with I see you. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, we're going to go back and forth and throw out the ways that we have, we see people. Can I brag? Go. I can't remember how old I was. I think I was in my third year of university. I was living on my own. I was in my bachelor apartment. And I remember writing you a love letter. And it was probably one of the most joyful things I've ever done in my whole life. Um, and I remember going to the papery or the paper destiny or something. It's, it's down on Bank Street. And I walked in and I saw all these beautiful colored pieces of paper 
I'll say the adult equivalent of children construction paper. And I picked out a really nice purple pen and I brought all of the different colored sheets home with me and cut out different shapes and just made it very abstract looking and then wrote on top of everything on this, on this, you know, eight by 11 sheet, um, of all the reasons I love you. And I think a lot of love letters are written, um, talking about, uh, I love you because of what you do for me. I love you because of how you make me feel. And those are beautiful because you're showing someone, you know, how they pay attention to you and that you value those things, right? That's a different way of saying, I see you. But I really remember focusing the love letter to you on that I really observed you in your daily life mm-hmm. and how much I took um, took notice of you and had joy in all of those moments. And I remember one of the things that sticks out in my mind in my younger years is that you always had this ritual of Lay's plain chips and Pepsi with three ice cubes. And that was my mom. I knew if, you know, if she ever asked for a Pepsi that she wanted it served in a glass with three ice cubes. And, and I loved that I knew that about you because it made me feel like I knew how to take care of you in a moment when you needed something, that it was a nice offering that was something comfort and comforting and familiar. Um, and just the whole letter was about, you know, I love the way that a certain part of your face wrinkles when you laugh. Um, or I love that um, when you're, you're stressed that you go to your journal and that you journal what you're, gra- you're grateful for so that your energy can shift. And it, none of the things that I loved about you had anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. They had 100% value just in who you are. Yeah. And to be able to, first of all, just take, you know, experience joy out of that is, is one beautiful thing. But then for me to be able to take the time to articulate it on paper in the written word, because you can go back to those, right? You can't skew it when it's written. You can skew it when you've heard it, um, that you can read over and over again in your life. Which I've done. Yeah. And even though your habits have changed and I know it's ginger ale and not Pepsi anymore, and it's far more, you know, less frequent, um, I can still remember that time and how much joy that brought me uh, and know that at a younger age, I still saw my mom for who she was then and Mm -hmm. that I I keep working now to see the woman that you've become today. Mm. Thank you. It was really fun for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that one. Thank you. Your turn. Um, I I want to think I want to bring up the one of the young blind girl who um, was a client uh, that I saw in a school and fully blind and she gave me messages she's nonverbal as well by the way um she gave me messages telepathically about what the kitchen looked like in their trailer home and where that the green apples were on the counter mm-hmm. not red you did a podcast on her yeah and that she she thanked her mom for painting the bedroom on the weekend purple um and this is a young woman who is just she's a child but uh, she'd be a young woman now, um, but is completely blind, cannot speak, um, is totally paralyzed, and was able to see by giving me the messages and letting me see what she sees, even though she has no vision. Mm-hmm. And imagine being able to say to this woman who doesn't know me, um, oh, your daughter says thank you for the painting the bedroom purple on the weekend, and her face just fell. She was yeah. like, what? Um, being able to see for another. 
um, and being able to hear for another. I know that one covers a lot of them, but being able to share that because it is sight Mm-hmm. with the mom who knows that her daughter, because of the way that the trailer is, her daughter with in her wheelchair and everything can't get into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So to hear how the daughter knows that the apples are in a certain place and, and, and what they're in and, and the color of them when she cannot see or get, even, get into the room was a beautiful thing to share with a mom so that she knows that her child has something within her spirit that she does see things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really good example. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, Another one that I love is being able to see people's abilities. It's being able to see in them their, I'll I'll say their potential, but also their gifts, um, the patterns that they have created in their life. Oh my God, I could go on and on and on with these gifts, what we get to see. And, and how um, it can be validating to somebody who may always wanted ha- to have played guitar and is playing piano. And you, we were just using that example upstairs earlier for, some, uh, for another reason. But where when the child can come in and sit in the room with their parents and we are able to say, oh, you have the ability and the gift to play guitar. You're playing piano because your parents are making you, but eventually when you're an adult, you'll go to the guitar. Mm-hmm. You will get your instrument. You will be who you are meant to be. This is where your parents are saying, this is what we want you to be. Yeah. But we see you. And in that moment when that child just sits there and knows they've been seen, and they know that their parents are being told in front of them, mm-hmm. that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And when they get to hear that when they're an adult, they get to make their own choice at that point, and the guitar will be theirs, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. So to be able to see someone's ability, whether it's being stymied or it just is something that they're not aware of, um, is pretty amazing. Because sometimes people have an inkling that it's there and sometimes they don't. So to bring it up for them as a curiosity or an opportunity or an option is fun. Mm-hmm. I know it's their choice whether they want to take the, the adventure or whether they want to close a door on adventure. Cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go right ahead. I'm just thinking, I know I, I talked about this gentleman in a podcast um, previously, but, and I don't want this to come out sounding like a Santa Claus, he sees you when you're naughty and he sees you when you're nice kind of thing. But I had a gentleman sit in front of me and I said, oh, you abuse. You're a huge abuser. And he, he, you know, he burst into tears and I said, you were abused, but now you are physically and verbally abusing women. And um, he cried and said, yes, that was correct. And that he was, you know, it was very obvious that he was full of shame because I also, you know, we'll talk about feeling in another podcast, but I felt what he feels when he abuses. Mm -hmm. And being able to sit there and say, I see you. Mm -hmm wasn't done from an intention of shaming him mm-hmm. wasn't done from the intention of making him feel guilty it was done from a place of you know understanding that he felt so alone so isolated so misunderstood so disconnected from the people in his life and the world itself that he didn't feel he needed to hold himself accountable to any kind of standard of living or being And so to have another person who really truly doesn't know him on a daily basis or as a human say, I see you, kind of kicked in another like level of knowledge 
of what he's really doing and how it affects things. And he could sit there and go, I'm seen. This means I'm not alone. This means that people are watching and are observing and maybe do want in, but don't feel they can because of my own behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so the I see you opened a door to a different behavior Mm -hmm. uh, and, and ultimately a different outcome for relationships in life. Oh, Kelly, I love this. We've done many podcast shows and coffee with the Sarlos on site where we find missing people. There's another type of seeing. Um, so that if somebody is missing, you are still being seen. Mm-hmm. If you are missing in your marriage, you are still being seen. Yeah. Some people come in and their spouse just doesn't see them anymore, doesn't hear them anymore. And they come in for a session and they're being seen. They may be valued by us, even if it's just for half an hour or an hour. But there's an opportunity then for them to feel something. And why it's so important that vision is important. Being seen too as mediums that we see people who've passed over, that we describe what they look like, that we describe their bodies at different ages in their life. Because it gives people something to believe that this is real, that there is more to just a human experience than the human part. Yeah, I, I also think, and this is a very human example, um, why, this is why I feel so enraged when there's, you know, two people walking down a street and the one person doesn't look up to acknowledge another's presence. Oh, yeah. Because the desire and the need to be seen, literally just seen, Um, is so huge Mm -hmm. you know so if you think about someone who's felt isolated or maybe lives alone and doesn't have a whole lot of interaction with other people Mm -hmm. for you know for their own reasons or or another eye contact and you know a little nod of the head I see you Mm -hmm. might be enough in someone's day to save them oh absolutely would you like to end it there sure okay because we're at our, you know, 10 to 15 minute mark and uh, we're going to continue this on Tuesday. And I think we'll jump into I Hear You. Okay. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. Um, if anyone has any questions or comments, you can always email us at info at com. You can, you know, it can be comments or questions about the show or um, ideas for podcasts that we can we can create for you, the listener. Enjoy your Monday. <laughs>